Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, Osher Ginsberg. Better than yesterday. Thank you so much for being here. This is a podcast that is making it better every episode since 2013, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. We've been here helping us helping us all get a bit better by having a conversation with somebody that's been there before. My name is Osher Ginsberg. I'm a, a TV host. I'm a podcaster. I'm a Sydney traffic sitter in a sitting in the Nissan Leaf just then waiting for various kinds of roadworks all over the joint to be done, of which I believe they never will be done. But that's okay. It's a comfortable, smooth ride, and that's delightful. Uh, yeah, I get a lot of phone calls done when I drive. That's good. Speaking of phone calls, in 2014, I made a phone call to Anna Luno, and I said, hey, I've got a podcast. And she said, what? I said, well, it was early days then. So I explained what a podcast was. And I said, well, you should come on up. We'll have a chat. This is my conversation with DJ, radio host, producer, curator, mum, legend, Anna Luno. She's incredible. She tours all over the world, makes great music. She collaborates with all kinds of fantastic artists, Flume, Skrillex, Diplo. She's played Coachella twice in 2014 and 2017 when she was pregnant. She played it in 2017 when she was pregnant. This conversation happened before Anna became a mum. But now, as a mum, look, she's commented about, look, it makes her feel really happy seeing pregnancy more visible in dance music in 2023. And she's actually just released a new single. It's called Deep Blue Sea, a love letter to how deeply connected we all are. No, she's great. We talk a lot in this conversation about how her family members jammed with Jimi Hendrix, how her career began straight out of high school after she sent a, a tape into Channel V, much like myself. So, um... She lived in uh, way over in East LA on the other side of the Dodger Stadium. I went to her house and I talked about, well, I asked Anna essentially, like, when did she know she had a connection to music? I've got a few really strong musical memories. I was a really big rage kid. I was the youngest of four kids. My brothers were quite musical and always playing instruments and playing, you know, music in the house. And I was the youngest by a long way. And so I used to always want to hang out with them. So they'd be talking about music and I'd sort of just sit there. So and hang on. 
three older brothers? No, and two you? older brothers and a sister. Okay. But our house was the house where there was always kids. So there was always a bunch of boys sitting around with guitars and, you know, trying to play music and talking about music. And, and I was the little sister who was always getting bullied and pushed over. And, but I was, I just wanted to hang out with the gang. So I'd start when they were out, I'd listen to all the records and I'd, you know, listen to everything, listen to all their music. What records are we talking here? Oh man. When you first picked up and and that really scary moment where you drop the needle and it's really loud and it booms and you think you've broken it. And then the crackles before the first riff starts. Yeah. I mean, I think that I have really early memories of Violet Femmes of um, my oldest brother was really into Van Halen. I remember 5150. I remember my dad was a bass player as well and he was really into Jimi Hendrix. So I, I listened to a lot of Jimi Hendrix and a lot of Stevie Winwood and a lot of like um, the, my sister's Whitney Houston, you know, that sort of thing. And I remember having really, I mean, I would just dance around the house when they weren't there. I just like put music on and just dance around the house and you know, Michael Jackson, you know, Thriller, the Thriller record, you know, anything I could get my hands on, I just loved it. So I really remember that being a very, and I remember just because I wanted to hang out with them, I would learn all the words. I'd learn all the words. I'd learn the order of the songs. I'd be able to tell them like anything about the record because I wanted to, to, I wanted them to think I was cool, you know. I wanted to be able to talk to them about something. Did you just, like, this is back in the day before the internet, where you'd hold the record and you'd read the back? Yeah, of course. And, and say, who's Lee Sklar? Totally. Oh, that's the bass player who's also on that record yeah, over there. Yeah, 100%. These two songs sound totally different. And it was like a de- complete, because information, you didn't have the internet to give you every piece of information you've always wanted. So it was like a complete musical puzzle in front of you, and you had to work out what, like what? Oh gosh! So that so that's that, and then I'll you know if I listen to that, I don't know. I was just really into everything, and maybe I had one one song by this artist on my hot hits volume nine, whatever. Hey, I and used to I, host the hot hits. Come right. on, man! That was my old so, show. Oh yeah, hundred percent hits yeah. volume. 10. Cassette. Yeah, exactly. So I'd, and then I'd be like, oh, my brother has that whole record. So then I'd go look at the record and listen through it, try and learn everything. So, I mean, that was, and I remember trying to talk to my friends about it, thinking that that was the normal thing that all kids did. And I'd talk to my friends about it and they just were like, what? I'd be like, well, you know, Jimi Hendrix is blah, blah, blah. They're like, what? I don't know that song. And so that's when I realized oh, I'm a bit, I'm into different things. Because uh, as a kid, you think everyone's experience is your experience. You have yeah. that vibe that everyone's the same. Yeah. I didn't get into Hendrix. I didn't find Hendrix until like 14 or 15. Right. So that you found Hendrix so early. Is, oh, like as a kid, like a little whoa. baby. I, I had this like, Hendrix binge the other night. Did you? Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I went all oh, because I went down Band of Gypsies Road. Right. And just like, man, like when you think about, it's, it's like trying to imagine what would the world look like if there was no Steve Jobs. If Steve Jobs never turned right. up and said, hey, we can do this. In fact, I'm just going to go do it and yeah. fuck you all. This is how it's going to be. Mm. If Hendrix had never turned up, what would music have been like? You know, if he'd never just said, really, I'm going to play it upside down and I'm going to do this with right. it. Just incredible what that yeah. guy did. A hundred percent. I mean, when I remember when I was about 14 or 15 reading the Jimi Hendrix Experience book, which I still have, you know, when you're a kid and you sit there and you're bored in your house and you just read your parents' books and yes, stuff. This is a thing they had before the internet. We had this thing called boredom. <laughs> boredom. No, boredom. We would actually go, <laughs> I really have done everything that there is to do <laughs> in my immediate vicinity. <laughs> There's really nothing at all to do. I just have to sit here 100%. and do nothing. 
But yeah. now you're never bored. Never. Ever. Ever. You can finger your phone all night totally. if you want. Just so anyway. refresh, refresh, double clipped, refresh, refresh. No, so you're reading your Jimi Hendrix book. I was reading book. my Jimi Hendrix book and it, I I mean, I knew Mitch Mitchell, the bass drummer. I, I mean, the drummer. And then there was, um, what was the, the Noel, Noel Redding. Redding, the, you know, the, the bass guitarist. And I was just like all over it. And I talked, tried to talk to my friends about it, didn't compute. But few to two fun Luno facts. I actually on the I just did a tour of America with the weekend, who's an R and B artist, and we had like four days off in Seattle and I had met this Yeah, before Kurt Cobain there was Jimi Hendrix, yeah, the original Seattle totally. rocker. Totally. Yeah. So I'm in Seattle and this lady who was a friend of mine's mum who lived in Seattle, it was one of those weird things at a barbecue in LA, I met the parents of one of my friends. And they were like, oh, we're from Seattle. I said, oh, I'm going to Seattle next week or whatever it was. They're like, oh, we'll show you around. So this lady came and picked me up, who I didn't know at all. And we went driving around Seattle. And we sort of didn't know what to do. We're just driving around. I thought to myself, hang on, Jimi Hendrix is from Seattle. And I looked up on my phone and found his grave. And I went to Jimi Hendrix's grave and I sat there and I played Little Wing from my phone. And I just like had a moment and just thought about it. And that was that story. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, it was beautiful. So amazing. Another good Luno fact. My dad was a bass player and actually jammed with Jimi Hendrix yeah. in Copenhagen. Anna's career started when she was quite young. But it's one thing to love music and one thing to think, oh, I want this to be my job. I wanted to know when that happened. Well, I think when I left school, you know, we were at, I went to Channel V. I didn't, I, being a what, DJ. What, we got you right out of high school? Yeah. Get out. Yeah. I was nine, 18 or 19. Get out. I sent a tape to Ben Richards and he called me in two days. I'll never forget that. Hang on. Tell me that story. How did you even get the idea to send a tape to Channel Well, v? I just This knew... is a music channel that oh, we used to work yeah. at. This is down in Australia. It's kind of like MTV, but the Asian version. And at the time, <laughs> we were far more underground and cool. It was really cool. It was super cool. It was. With an unlimited budget. And we, we're it was not a magical time. We could, it was a magical time. We could do a lot. Anyway, so you'd finished high school. Obviously, you're aware of this music television channel. Yeah, I knew that music was a really big calling of Mm -hmm. mine, but I didn't know. Being a DJ wasn't really a thing, and I'd already been, like, as a kid, I was obsessed with music, and I'd go just to the record store every day after school and just listen through the bargain bin. That was my thing. So I knew that I was really into music, but I I just didn't know how to – it wasn't like I had a clear road in front of me. I never thought of being a DJ because I didn't know anyone who was a DJ. So I thought, well, what's a job in music? And I thought, I'm pretty good at like talking and stuff. Maybe I could be a music TV host. I don't know. So I started, I did a video. Were you already on radio? No. No, I started doing radio because Channel V would, they were like not sure what they were doing. There was this big change over time. Yeah, there was. And it was like, you guys were busy doing Idol. So they needed some more people, but then you'd be back and then... So they just sort of kept calling me saying, we really like you, but we don't know what to do with you yet. So just, so I started doing FBI Ah. and that's how it happened. Right. And that's how I started DJing. So hang on. So tell me more about the making the tape. You just, because that's how I got my job. I got my job there. I just made a tape. Right. And I sent it in. That's exactly what I That's how I got my job there. So me and Mark rode around and we were really into bands. And then like every band that came to town, I'd write them an email on MySpace or whatever it was and be like, Hi you're coming and playing at this show. I'd really love to interview you. I can't pay you, but I'll bake you muffins. So I'd bake muffins and I'd go and meet them at Soundcheck and interview them at the Annandale backyard or something and just filmed a whole bunch of stuff and interviewed a whole bunch of bands. And that's how I, and then I edited it together and sent it in. And that's how I got contact. And so you sent a video in of you doing the job you wanted to do. Yeah. 
you decided in your heart, oh, I'm good at this, I know how to do it, I'll make it happen. No. I mean, when you're young, you just do stuff. I don't know. That's what you did. I, I'm still doing it. Exactly. I'm, I'm walking in. I mean, you had no experience. You had no, no. nothing. You just went, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And you went ahead and did it. Yeah. And I'm, I'll be 40 in two, four weeks, four and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing that. Right. And I have to remind myself, hang on, every breakthrough I've ever had in my career yeah. has been where I've just gone, no, fuck it. I'm just going to walk in this door and say I'm this. Yeah. And this is what I'm here to do. And people tenderly go, okay. Totally. And you have to keep reminding yourself of that as well in life. Like you, there's so many times where I'll, I'll hit a dead end road or I'll feel like I've done as much as I could in one way and I'll want to change something. And for instance, when I, when I was DJing for a while and I got pretty good at DJing and I was getting a lot of work, but I knew that I wanted to make music. And I knew that I, I, I didn't quite have the skills yet I'd learnt, but I just needed to really go after it. But it takes a lot to say, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. I'm a singer. I'm going to do this. And it took a long time to get the balls up to make that happen. And then eventually you just it torments you. It ticks away at you until you don't have a choice but surrender. And that's um, how I started producing and, and doing vocals. We're back in a minute with Anna Luno, the great and powerful Australian dance music artist. We do have to play some ads. Back in a sec. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I hadn't seen Anna for a little while. I was living in America and we gratefully reconnected. And when we did, I think we were in America somewhere. In New York. That's right. We were in New York. And she invited me to a block party. First block party I'd ever been to, which was amazing. And at that point, I realized, oh my goodness, you're hooked up with Fool's Gold, which is a a great record label, an incredible record label. I wanted to know how that happened. Well, I mean, A-Track used to tour Australia and I've been playing with A-Track since 2008 supporting him when he came to Australia or I did a show with him in London when I was touring with the Bumblebee. So I've known him for a while and I think people forget that it's a dance music community and actually everyone knows each other really because you grow up, A-Track wasn't such a big, a huge deal. I mean, he's been a huge deal his whole life because he's a DMC champion, but he's also kind of done the hard yards and yeah. so we all have there's a very the nerdy grind. jazz hat phase for a track <laughs> he wasn't always standing on the decks with <laughs> with two serratos going at once <laughs> <laughs> he still wears a jazz hat and he's um, pretty nerdy which i love <laughs> i love how nerdy he is um yeah so i knew him and we knew each other and he you know he knows me and we they had released actually one of the little songs that i wrote during my lock-in 2010 was this little song called up and down and it's really simple and it's sort of the kind of song that i didn't know what to do with it because it's not a proper dance song it's not dance floor but it's a really cute kind of 
It's almost like, to me, it was my erotic city ode. So it was a little sexy little something. And I sent it to Fool's Gold. I never want you to just stop. What the top podcast right now, Don, <laughs> listen to Prince's Erotic City. That is an order. And then come back in five minutes yeah. or hot and sweaty or 10 if you need a few moments afterwards because <laughs> it'll do it to you. It's, that's the track, man. Oh, that, was man. The, that was one of the songs that I was like, and then Prince did this? Yes. Oh, my God. I just listened to that song and really just like go <gasps> over it. And there's one dance, I'll go dance while you, like there's one vocal riff where I'm like, oh, I feel it. I feel it, Prince. You got me. Yeah. So anyway. So, anyway, so, I mean, so it uh, sounded a little like Erotic City. It was City. a little bit, and there's a bit of an ode to Erotic City in the song. It was very much my ode to Erotic City. And so I sent it to them and I was, I don't know, I just sent it. I was like, oh, guys, did this song. And then a month or two went by and I'd forgotten about it. I thought, oh, they don't like it. Okay, fine. Did you send it to get on a compilation? I just thought, oh, I love your thoughts. I sent it. I don't know why I sent it. I don't Love think it. I really expected it to be on anything. I didn't, it's definitely not a single, but it was just this interesting little song. And I just thought that I'd appreciate it because there was such a, a disco route to it. And, but it was also quite weird and modern, had a big bass. I don't know. So yeah, they wrote back and they're like, actually, we're starting. Have you gotten rid of this song? Because we're actually starting this compilation series called Clubland and we would like to put it on the first Clubland. And I was so excited because that was the first time that I really felt like a little song that I put together and wrote and sang on was getting a little bit of support. So they, they released that, which was really cool. And then I did a podcast for them, a couple of mixtapes, an all-Australian special, which is on my SoundCloud if anyone cares to listen to it. And then Breathe came along and we sent them Breathe and they were down. And that's how it Amazing. Happened. But A-Track's amazing. And he actually, those block parties, I had the fortune of playing one in LA in November last year. And that was so fun. And actually, I recorded that set and it's on SoundCloud as well. You've so got to check that out. All about that. Now, I don't know much about, I know enough about DJing, I think, to know that it, can definitely be the realm of the very, very nerdy dude. Mm -hmm. And it's crate digging dudes who yeah, look you like. You've got to be able to talk nerdy dude. Yeah, you've got you to know who Ray Brown is. You can't. <laughs> you've got to know. If you don't know who Ray Brown is, talk. Go find out who Ray Brown is and come back later. As a woman, was it ever. Because I've talked to DJs who had, shall we say, like massive kind of success mm -hmm. that's a fairly way to put it mm -hmm. who now are you know i mean i'm 40 all right and guys my age who are like yeah all these hot chicks are djing now i can't get any work <laughs> but you've been doing this for way way longer than that but it does definitely seem like a bit of a boys club did were you ever confronted with that oh definitely i think it was something that I, I mean, they've always, the thing is, there's always been women in this industry. They just haven't been, they haven't gotten to the levels that get them the recognition that people have really identified with. It's like there was in Australia, there was a bunch of girl DJs. I remember when I was still interviewing, I interviewed a DJ called Luna, DJ Luna. I remember interviewing her and, and, um, Sveta, like there, there was Sydney DJs. There was lots of girls around, but I think it's, it, it's rising through the ranks, which has been the problem. And I think that it's just a, a numbers game. The more that go in, the more that go up. The more women that are seen in the industry as being power players, the more young girls are seeing girls and going, I could actually do that if I wanted. So when I first started, I didn't, I know now that there were girls there, but I, it wasn't in my scene. There was no girls in, in the scene that I was in. So for me, it felt like a real 
risk. And I used to dress down and dress very masculine and not try and draw any attention to the female factor. And then eventually you just start, you just feel confident enough to be like, oh, I'm going to wear a skirt because I want to wear a skirt. Sorry. But no man would ever alter his appearance so people would take him seriously. Seriously. Oh, look, it's a really big conversation that, that it's, I'm, I'm here to have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's a lot of positive stuff happening for female DJs. I think there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. There's a lot of bikinis and crazy publicity stunts, but for every terrible bikini publicity stunt situation, there's also five amazing girls who are working their butt off. And I'm optimistic. I think that we will see a big change, especially in the next 10 years, because I feel like there's a lot of girls bubbling on maybe the second tier and starting to creep up into the first tier. But I think that in the next 10 years, we'll see it really explode. My full conversation with Anna Luno is great. And considering where she is now with her life and her career and with her family, it's so great. I, I love watching her um, her travel through the world and have in both hands, I'm a massive nightclub banger dropper and I read bedtime stories to my kid. Like, she's great. She's super cool. The conversation's really good. We talk about her dad. We talk about moving to America when she felt, boom, this is it. I got my DJ skills lined up. And um, there's also something really special in there about how she put herself to the test. She set herself a challenge and forced herself to not only learn, but also excel at producing music. And it's a really excellent method that I thoroughly recommend. I know it worked with me and my photography, and it definitely worked with Anna, and it's a really good idea. But you don't know it works until you hear someone tell you that it worked, and Anna tells you all about it in that episode. Episode 22, early on. It's pretty good. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much to Abby Benno who produced this episode and Andy Ma on audio and video post. I'll see you on Friday. Thanks for being a part of it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.